This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders, you're accepting of whatever comes your way, you're being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being. And hopefully, you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. This week's podcast features an extract from our weekly radio show, Let's Talk Well-Being. Hello and welcome. Today's guest, right, this is going to be a really good one. It's Eloise Burton and she is called the Money Alchemist. So Eloise has suffered money mess, that's her word for it, which I really (laughs) like and can really, you know, get on board with. Um, So she's suffered years of suffering from money mess until she discovered money alchemy. It it sounds really interesting, doesn't it, Sue? I know, I'm just, I'm dying to get into it. (laughs) (laughs) So her passion is around quality assurance and feminine leadership. And she's gone back to her roots of spiritual gifts that she has, that she actually pushed away for most of her life. But clearly that's her mission now. And she wants to reach, am I right here, Eloise, a million women with empowerment through money. Is that right? Yeah, to start with. Yes. Yeah. Just <laughs> as a starting point. Yeah. Fabulous. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellbeing, Eloise. It's lovely to have yeah. you here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We're really excited to know more about this. <laughs> well, lots of things, actually. I could dive into the money alchemy. I could dive into equality, showing some feminine leadership. Can I go back to sort of like the start and how did you get into this? So obviously you've had money mess yeah. and there's clearly some spiritual stuff that you've had in your past. Can you just sort of give us a little guideline through how you got to where you are now? Yeah, so I grew up um, in a town that was once awarded the title the most deprived area in the UK. Um, <laughs> so um I wasn't surrounded by money. We we were not the poorest people I knew, but we, we were below the poverty line. Um, and all sorts of things happened, but I ended up in the care system. And I was in my teenage years raised by a witch um, who really helped me tap into some really interesting things that I'd never knew were real. I used to imagine them as a child. I used to imagine that I could, you know, leave my body and go other places that I could read tarot cards and do all these witchy things and she taught me actually yeah you can do that um but I continued to live in that area and to be honest there wasn't a lot of career choice we didn't necessarily our school at our school we were not expected to do well we were just expected to survive (laughs) and hopefully make it to adulthood um and I realized quite early on that if I needed if I wanted to change that what I needed to do was move away 
from that place. And I did. I joined the military to start with. And of course, in the military, they're not exactly open to witchery and spirituality. <laughs> Yeah, it's not what you think of, is it? You know, (laughs) no. So, so we stuffed that down. We stuffed that down, and um, then I, you know, I was going to sound terrible. I got married a couple of times and stuffed it down even more. And um, I ended up in a very long-winded way um, in quality assurance as a career, quite high-level quality assurance, and I loved it, but. People always used to say to me, how, how do you do it? How do you just know that there's something wrong? And you can't say, I, I, just, I just feel it. They don't get it. <laughs> but I always thought that I had to completely push aside my spirituality. What I realized towards the end of my career was actually it was my intuition. It was my magic that was helping me be amazing at this really logical process driven role. Um, and I, I still love quality assurance. It's, it, it's like proof of my magic every single day that I do it. Um, I do a little bit of it now, but nowhere near as much. I do it to keep my feet a bit grounded because it's very grounding work. And I'm, I'm a triple air. I'm so not grounded at all. <laughs> um, so it does help me keep my feet on the ground. But the money catastrophe was happening from probably even before I was born. And in my, um, by the time I got to my 30s, I had had a home repossessed. I was £100,000 in credit card debt. Remember the days when they used to give you debt because, like, it was coming out of your ears? Yeah. And you know what? I can't think of a single thing that I bought with that £100,000. Not a single thing. And if I'm honest, I might have been able to prevent my home repossession as well. I just hid from money. Uh, Money hated me and it proved it to me every single day. But I hid from that relationship with money. And um, then I moved into just embracing spiritual gifts. And and you know what that's like. You open the doors and it all just lands on top of you. (laughs) It's a bit overwhelming. And um, I started to connect with money. I I never wanted to. Like money was never anything that I was interested in it was nothing I'd ever known so it wasn't familiar and it started calling to me so I set up a business and it was so successful it hit six figures in its first nine months so naturally I freaked out and shut it down (laughs) naturally naturally right (laughs) and I got to the point where I thought what the hell like this is the dream for people this is the dream. How could I not cope with it? It created anxiety. It created depression. It made my my guts just were not working properly because of this stress that I felt being successful and having money be easy for me. Mm-hmm. And that started me down and a real really connected me down that money rabbit hole. And I was like, what is this? Why can't why couldn't I why couldn't I sustain myself in that business? emotionally my well-being that type of thing and I realized that money is money is a trauma for a lot of people and it can be healed and that's a lot of what we do in well-being and spirituality it's about healing the nervous system where money does live money actually lives in our nervous system like the problems that we have. excuse me a second I've just dropped my earbuds 
so yeah, this, this, these problems, I realized the more I studied money, the more I connected with money, the more I realized that actually we carry a lot of energy around money in our bodies, in our souls, depending on where these issues come from. So for me, it was about how can I heal that? And I started working on manifestation. That's often one of the first tricks in inverted commas or spells that we learn in spirituality is manifestation. The fact is we're manifesting all the time. Everyone's manifesting and we're all really good at it. That's why we get what we focus on. So I had a little project. I, I met my, my now partner and we decided very quickly we wanted to move in together. And I told him, you know, I've had a house repossessed. I'm up to my eyeballs in debt. This is this is not going to happen. Well, he has a very open mind in terms of what's possible, not in terms of spirituality and well-being, but <laughs> what's possible. And he was like, yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. And then we found out that I could still get a mortgage, but we still needed to save a big chunk of money. And at the time we were both earning really decent money, but we still had more months at the end of the money if you know what I mean. Yeah. But, and so we, we had a look around, because I know that manifestation is about being in the experience as well. We looked at some beautiful show homes. And I remember one, I sat, and it was a velvet sofa, and I sat in the living room, stroking the sofa. I can still feel it now. And I was like, this is the house. And he said, yeah. I was like, okay, 10 years' time. We're going to save like no one's business, and 10 years' time, we're going to buy this house. Nine months later... We moved into that same house on a different site. Wow. Okay. And, and it literally rained money on us. And I still can't believe today. Of course, I, I believe it. That's the wrong thing to say. But it was magical. It wasn't just the money we saved. It started coming from all different directions, gifts, refunds, um, just money appearing in all sorts of places, things we weren't expecting. And it just happened so fast that in that nine months, we had the house, we were debt free, and we still had money to furnish it. So we went from a two bed to a four bed and go on holiday for a week. <laughs> so I was like, this is a thing. <laughs> it sounds madness. It really yeah. does. It sort of sounds yeah. like it's like everybody's dream for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, but obviously there is work to be done. So People may not understand this manifestation. So can you mm. like briefly explain what you mean by that and how you go about that? Yeah, so man a manifestation is bringing something into reality. And you can manifest anything and everything. You can manifest relationships, houses, money, happiness. What we tend to manifest is sorrow, illness depression and I've been one of those um, and it's about what we focus on I remember when I was very little I got told that I see life through rose tinted glasses as, as if that was a bad thing and what I've realized is that as a result of that I started looking through the grey glasses and I started attracting the grey stuff in life um, what, whatever you focus on is what you can bring into your reality but there is, it is much more complex than that. It's not just about saying a million affirmations or just looking at a vision board. Your mind, body and soul has to be aligned with that manifestation because, yeah, you know what? I would love to have 10 million pounds right now, but my body and my soul has some coding that needs some healing. And anytime I get close to that, it's going to push it away. 
And we get proof of this when, for example, perhaps you get a tax rebate. And the next day, this happened to me, bumped my car. Yeah, yeah. I would seem to bump my car. I got an inheritance, bump my car. And guess how much mm. those bills are? <laughs> so like, money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when we're not aligned mind, body and soul with our manifestations, which are basically desires, um, intentions, some people would call them goals. Um, we, we then manifest things to take it away from us if we're not ready for it. And that's what I work on is the mind, the mind, body and soul connection, the healing that needs to happen so that when your mind goes, I want a million pounds, your body's ready for it. Your body's not going to sabotage it when you get there. But manifestation, it, it's so simple that when we overcomplicate it, it's like see it, want it, get it. That's kind of the basics of manifestation. But we must understand that we are always manifesting. And that's why um, I think sometimes positive thinking can be toxic. But being more positive thinking than less positive thinking helps us manifest more. It's like if you're think, feeling positive more of the time, more positive things are going to manifest for you. If you're feeling negative all of the time, more negative things are going to be manifesting for you. But there's a um, there's a part of the law of attraction. So I get very passionate about this, which says you only need to connect with that vibration of happiness and positivity and hold it for 17 seconds for it to make a difference, for you to appear on the radar of the universe so that it can send you whatever it is you've asked for. 17 seconds. Now, if you could do 17 seconds every day, it's going to pull it towards you. If you can do 17 minutes, it's coming towards you faster. Do you see what I mean? So I hope that helps with the explanation on manifestation. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I think that hopefully will help our listeners as well sort of get mm. that understanding of it. So obviously then you want to support people, you want to help people with this. It's really strange because I think my thoughts are always I get more stressed when I've not got money and obviously yeah. you were saying really you were getting really stressed when you had all the money and yeah. um, so it's sort of like I think people could probably see there's both sides of it um you know when you oh yeah when we've got l- not a lot of stuff when we've got too much of stuff doesn't seem to matter what it is we get stressed don't we yeah because um when we don't have money and trust me I do worry about that we almost feel we feel that we're not worthy of money when we have lots of money if we aren't healed and ready for it we feel like we're not worthy (laughs) so it's kind of a catch-22 situation and often especially I find with my clients is they're not scared of failure they're actually scared of success we've got loads of experience of failure haven't we like we do it every day but success actually is something we're not necessarily used to and so that I'm not worthy core belief comes in and then we start sabotaging it consciously and subconsciously. I'm just fascinated by so much of this. Um, I don't, I'm not quite sure where, to, where I want to delve in. There's kind of lots <laughs> of things that, yeah. I suppose, what would you say to someone who's a little bit sceptical? about what you're talking about here Eloise you know it's kind of 
So some of our, our listeners may be aware of law of attraction. They may have crossed mm-hmm. some of that. And, and you mentioned about toxic positivity before. And I like the way that you framed it, actually. You were sort of saying, but actually, when you weigh it up, it is better to kind of err on the side of positivity. But I think some of the side of law of attraction, um, you know, I know Claire and I, that Claire and I have been exposed to and that we've witnessed, does have that kind of, attachment to it you know that kind of toxic toxic sort of side and I think that's always made me be a little bit kind of wary of it you know yeah. uh, it's sort of like well if I'm not I mustn't be doing it right you know if this isn't actually landing for me and happening for me in the way that you described and mm. I suppose I'm curious you know what would you say you know I'm a client I'm coming to you this is my sort of position on all this what would you say to me so the law of attraction works. I'm living proof of that, and so are my clients. But many of my clients come to me saying, I've tried it, I've watched The Secret, I've read the Abraham Hicks books, I've tried positivity, positive. I've tried saying affirmations. And I say, okay, let's stop trying, because trying is a negative emotion. It's like you haven't got there yet. It's not a positive emotion. But, you know, for example, the law of attraction basics would encourage you to say a million affirmations a day. I'm exaggerating a bit. I do do that. But to say an affirmation over and over and over and over and over. What what gets missed out is the words are important when we're speaking and writing. We are spell casting and literally spelling when we're writing. But what's more important than the spell casting, the words, the affirmation is your feeling, your vibration. So if you're saying, if you're walking around saying, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, over and over, what happens when you do the basics of, of the uh, law of attraction is your vibration starts to drop. You start going, oh, I've got to do my, I've got to do my affirmations. Oh, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. Do you know what I mean? So your vibration isn't, isn't there. Now, I'm not saying affirmations don't work. They absolutely do work if you connect with the right vibration, the happy, the, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire. I am a millionaire. Stop being a millionaire. I am a millionaire. You see the difference, like the vibration is different. And I think a lot of teachings around the law of attraction, including The Secret, which is a film that introduced many people to manifestation, it misses out the key important part is you can go through the motions but you're just going to be spinning your wheels if you can't connect with that vibration. Mm. What's beautiful about this work is as a side effect of working with money in the way that I do, you actually start to feel amazing about yourself. It's, it happens for everyone who does the work. They're like, I actually, I like myself and bordering on love themselves. And then they become in love with themselves because their vibration feels so good. And that's the real secret is it's not about the money or the house or the relationship outside. It's what you're creating inside. Mm. And I think that's where the lines get blurred with positivity. Like just because you're consciously thinking positive things doesn't mean your body and soul are feeling them. So that's the manifestation. You have to undo that disconnect recode it so it's connected does that answer your question I get a bit passionate <laughs> yeah no I, I think it absolutely does for me it, my interpretation you know that that's kind of meaningful for me there is that 
you've got to find the meaning in the words. The mm. words are important, but actually they've got to be meaningful for you. And one of the, I mean, Claire and I are really big on affirmations and kind of, well, in a way that is, you know, we have an exercise that we do, like in one of our, our workshops, that's actually getting people to write affirmations, but they are meaningful for them. So yeah. it's not just this kind of like looking at yourself every day and going, I'm beautiful, I'm strong, I am, you know, it's kind yeah. of like, what is it that I need to feel? What is it that exactly. I need to believe? And that seems to be what 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 you're kind of touching on for me. It's sort of like yeah. you've got to make that connection and, you know, you've got to believe it um, and yeah. you've, you've got to want it. And I think without that, if that's disconnected, then what you seem to be saying is that it isn't going to quite hit the spot, <laughs> you know. No. And I think we also get quite caught up in what we should want. For the longest time, I was writing down this affirmation about how I wanted to travel every month. But actually, I don't want to travel every month. I like my, I love my home. Like <laughs> traveling actually stresses me out. Why was I, so I was like sabotaging myself because I was trying to bring more money towards me so that I could travel each month. And I'm like, but I don't actually want to do that. <laughs> you know, so we have to be, that's another thing I think we often aren't clear on what we want. So we write these beautiful affirmations, but we don't know what we want, what our soul wants. We know what we ought to want. We know what we should want, but we don't necessarily know what we do want. Oh, I Totally with that. I think I was going to that. Definitely know what you don't want. And actually mm. that comes up so much in like that coaching work mm. and stuff. It's easier to go, I don't want this. And so, or, you know, I want to lose the weight, but yeah. what is it more than that? So yeah, the, it's sort of like, and I, I don't want to be doing this and I, I don't yeah. want to smoke anymore. Or I don't want to, you know, be frustrated about this. Or there's a lot of a don'ts going on, I think with people as well. And it's yeah. changing that kind of, mindset isn't it yeah and also like particularly I mean with manifesting money there's also a lot of judgment so if someone like when I start out with clients they often say well I'd really like to have this let's say a million pounds nice round number but then they go but I don't want to be greedy I don't I don't want to I don't want to you know I'm going to give this away I'm going to give that away like they have to like there's something wrong with having a million pounds and that's mm. some conditioning that our society has put on us um so they say they want it but then they actually don't want it because they don't want the judgment that they think is going to come with it and another another they try to manifest things like just enough i want just enough well just enough is always going to be struggle for you because mm. you will only ever have just enough and we're really good at manifesting just enough we literally prove that every month, most of us, don't we? <laughs> yes. we? Just get through. We just have enough. We're just one more day, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's so much. The law of attraction. I mean, you know, the learnings that are out there, they're very, very powerful. But you have to really. It's it's a bit with anything. A little bit of knowledge can can not get you very far. Actually, <laughs> you need sometimes you need the depth of knowledge, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I think what what would be good is to get your take on. So obviously you're talking about money because that's your thing with this. Mm. But how does how does this affect people's mental well-being? Because I think people would struggle to go. 
like you were really explaining within your work, you know, it was really, you know, you were hitting that six figures in nine months. Yeah. So you were really successful, but that obviously caused you stress. So it's more that than rather maybe getting all this money in. Mm. How does it affect our mental well-being when we are working against the kind of things that we want or when we're working mm. against what we want to manifest and that kind of stuff? Well, it, it firstly, worrying. Worrying, I always think worrying is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you absolutely nowhere. And we've all been there, haven't we? Then it manifests. You know, I'm a really strong believer that what we do up here manifests in our body. Uh, for me, it manifests as depression and anxiety and a range, a whole host of autoimmune conditions <laughs> um like I can physically feel it now I can feel it when I'm pushing against my goals when I'm when I'm going against you know when I'm going against what I teach it's kind of the other thing to learn I think is that it is a circle it's a spiral sorry sometimes it feels like we haven't moved on but we have we've moved up a level we're at the same point but we're up a level and what I find is people have lived lives of struggle, of, of feeling that they aren't worthy, and therefore, particularly women, aren't even on their own priority list. They've got everyone else on their list except themselves. And this is what really surprised me about working with money, is when you work with money, you have to be on your priority list because your relationship with money is a direct reflection of your relationship with yourself. Now that takes that takes a few times of hearing to get that that get that in. But if you think about actually, I don't pay any attention to my bank account. You're probably not paying much attention to your mental health and well-being and looking after yourself. If you um, have a bit of a roller coaster relationship with money, you probably have a roller coaster relationship with yourself. Like you go all out, spa days, hair, makeup. And then you completely starve yourself of self-care for the rest of the year. Um, and what what I learned very quickly was the opposite of what we think when it comes to money, that it would make us cold and hard, like masculine terms, is actually money. When you work with money as a feminine being, which is what I teach, you become your own best friend and you can feel money lifting you up. And I don't just mean like money, like coins and no, it's like the energy surrounding it, the, the your feelings of self-worth increase because you get more proof. And it, it, it's a like I said, it's a beautiful side effect. <laughs> it's my relationship with myself. I honestly can't believe that I can sit here and say I genuinely love myself most days. Not all days. Most days I genuinely love myself. I still have a lot of negativity going on in my head, but I catch myself and I'm like, hey Eloise that's a bit mean and that's the work I've done with money as a feminine being money is a money is a very gentle energy to work with and so it reminds me to be nice to myself and I'm like oh you've messed up on that radio interview and my my money mind will go you did an amazing job you were you what more could they ask you know it's yeah it's so work, not working with money creates a huge amount of problems in our bodies, physically, mentally. I mean, yeah, digestion, <laughs> skin conditions, all sorts. But 
and that's the true that's true of working on yourself as well but you do find if you work on yourself you find money a lot easier you find money and business easier so that that hopefully that answers the question yeah I think that I think that really does and I think it's I mean, you use the word relationship right at the start of the mm. conversation. And I think a lot of the chats that we have on the show, a lot of the guests that we've interviewed, we've talked a lot, haven't we, Claire, about, about that relationship with yourself. And I think the angle, you know, your position is it's sort of, for you, it's sort of your relationship with money, as you say, is a re- direct reflection of your relationship with yourself. And that's kind of like how you'll tune in and how you'll know. Um, I mean, one of the things that we we come back to time and time again in these conversations that we're having is it's about knowing yourself. You know, you said there before about not being on your own kind of like priority list. Mm. I don't think you really can be if you if you don't know yourself. And I think you're right. A lot of it is part of our programming. It's part of our conditioning, our social situation or circumstances, whatever not exclusively, but particularly women will fall into mm. the role of, you know, kind of deference or putting others' needs first. Um, and I think that that can be a struggle for a lot of people when it comes to actually taking care of their mental well-being, their emotional needs. Um, and it's one of the things we why we we do the show, you know, because we want to kind of give a platform to these sorts of conversations it's about yeah. finding a way in and so for me that that knowing yourself I mean I'm sort of banging on about it every single week out the class it's about knowing yourself <laughs> you know but it's about I suppose I imagine that's part of the work that you do with people that you I suppose what I'm saying is how how do you get to people to know themselves you know what, what sort of can you share some of the kind of activities or things that you might yeah, do yeah sure so the first thing that my clients and, and anyone anyone can do this, this is something that I offer for free, is that I want them to find out what their money personality is, to understand their patterns. And I work with eight um, sacred money archetypes, they're called. And basically, we all have a combination of them in different numbers. But you have one that's in control most of the time. Mine is a ruler, for example. So what that means is when I'm successful, I freak out. <laughs> I think people have made a mistake when they've come to my website, clicked on something, decided they want to buy it, entered their credit card details, pressed pay, and haven't complained after a week. <laughs> That's my ruler. But then you have other archetypes which just feel guilty for having money, so they give it all away. You have other archetypes which hold on to every penny and then suffer, uh, suffocate the life out of their money. And this shows up not just in money, but their entire life. As a ruler, I am a bit of a control freak. I don't believe anything is repeatable until it's been repeated at least 20 times. Then I'm OK with it. Might be a, might be a pattern. Um, so there's an assessment on my website that you can do for free. Uh, take 10 minutes. And that helps you. You got like you look at it and you go, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I am really good at that. But I also do that. It's one of those types of assessments. It it helps you understand your strengths and also your challenges. I find that any work on yourself is much easier if you're not doing it on yourself, if you're getting an outside view. And that's what archetypes help us with. There's lots of, you know, we use archetypes in all sorts of work. But now I can say that's my ruler that does that. And that helps me change what's going on inside me. It's like I've stepped out of myself, seen it from my ruler point of view. I'm like, okay, I need to calm myself down here. Another thing that I do with clients is I take them on a journey. It's a visualization. 
I take them on a journey to meet money as they've never seen her before. In, in Money Alchemy, we work with money as a feminine being. I've mentioned that before. And without fail, they become aware that they've actually got a very close friend cheerleading them, that's holding them, that's looking after them, that despite what they thought, everything outside is telling them that money is bad, money is cold, money's hard, money's the root of all evil, people with money are mean. Actually, when they meet her and they design their own, they do it all in their own mind. I do very little leading. They all come out with this beautiful, supportive friend, which who we call the money goddess. And she's different for everyone. And that friend talks to you like your best friend would. You know, we're very cruel to ourselves. We would never say the things that we would. We never say the things in our head to ourselves that we to our um, to our friends, to our best friends. Yeah. We're always much kinder to our best friends and working with a money goddess in this way. Again, it's taking it outside of yourself, but it helps you be a better friend to yourself. And then we have all sorts of other stuff. It just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And we're like, oh, so, you know, the, the most powerful thing that I learned was actually our subconscious. Even though my subconscious blocks me from having money, as do many other people's. That's a sign that my brain is working perfectly because we are made to feel that money is unsafe, that we will be judged, that we will lose it, that people will abuse us if we have money and take it away from us. So our subconscious mind is designed to create beliefs to keep us safe. And so when you have money blocks, that's your mind working perfectly. But what we need to do is just recode that old. It's like having an upgrade to your computer. You just need to update the software a bit. And now it's safe for you to have money. It's safe for you to think that money isn't the root of all evil. It's safe for you to have more money coming into your business or your work or your life. And and we and that's 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 what we do with money alchemy. It's like, okay, we just got we found these beliefs, we found these things that are tripping us up. How can we recode those and um and be an even better friend to ourselves and to money? I mean, I, I I love this. I love that what you what you've done there is sort of what you were talking about. It's almost like the third party, you know, the rule. That's my ruler mm. doing this, and this sort of mm. sense of objectivity. And you talked about sort of stepping outside of yourself because, yeah, it's sort of I'm talking about working on ourselves, but actually, you're right. Sometimes it is easier if we can attribute that, or mm. you know, if we're, we're sort of t- when you were saying about oh that was a bit mean, Eloise. You know, you're kind <laughs> of talking to yourself in that in that yeah. way you kind of have that objectivity you have that sort of distance and mm. that just kind of gets you away from, it's like you get away from yourself but you're still focusing on yourself if that sort of makes sense I don't know Claire what do what do you think about that but I'm sorry my brain neurons are firing all over the place going this for me <laughs> this can really help other people but yeah. also just the the things that you're talking about and I'm just thinking for me it's more than money that it just mm. you you're able to do this for lots and lots of different reasons and I think what yeah. I really liked I loved actually is when you said you most days you can say you love yourself and it's like I would love for everybody to be able to feel like that you know to bottle yeah. that and be able to give it to everybody so yeah. that they too can feel like that because that then enables them to open themselves up to lots of different things including money kind of thing it's abundance generally that that's yes. the thing is i use money as the route to connecting with self 
but it's not about like it is about the money but it's about so much more than the money I think know? that's what it's definitely coming across with what you say mm. um yeah it definitely is it's more than just this is all about money it's so yeah. much bigger than that and to yeah. some aspects this it's sort of like money is sort of like um you know a picture of something that you know a, just takes you off in all sorts of different directions it's it's like the key to the map kind of thing yeah basically. yeah it's one way of unlocking it some people work with soul repair some people work with um reiki it's it's one way of unlocking it and i think so the the thing that i love about money is it's off this earth like it doesn't exist anywhere else everywhere else is far more evolved <laughs> it's here on this earth and that makes it fast it makes it tangible and it makes it very real and often in spiritual um, activities, there's there's a lot of faith and you do need faith in money, but your faith gets repaid very quickly with money. You start to see it fast. You start to feel you lifting up, you know, that relationship with money improving, that relationship with yourself. And it, it, it's here. It's fast. Like I always think that of all the things that we try and manifest, we think that manifesting money is the hardest. It is the easiest thing like there's so many moving parts in manifesting a house or a car parking space like I use my manifestation angels for all sorts of things like let me get out of the road really quickly but money there's no moving parts it's just going to trickle to you via the path of least resistance you know if you're trying to manifest a car parking space it's, it's the universe has got to orchestrate people moving everywhere cars moving everywhere time you being in the right place at the right time Money can money is all around you. I bet you, if I said to you, go and look in your house or where you are right now, I bet you will find some evidence of money. It might be a penny. I have people that find thousands of pounds that they've forgotten about. Money is so fast to manifest and it is the easiest thing to manifest when you know how. <laughs> and when you can manifest money, you can manifest anything. You're making me think about a scratch card that I got for my birthday. Someone <laughs> gave me, and I haven't cashed it in yet. Not in for it. a tremendous amount, but yeah, I just sort of thought, do you know what? I never took yeah. that again. <laughs> yeah. So at the moment, that money's stagnant. The energy is going nowhere. But if you, so this is where I get money alchemy from. Money is the ultimate alchemy. Alchemy is transformation. It's it's the precursor to chemistry. And so at the moment, your scratch card, that was alchemized from money into a scratch card. And then you scratched it and didn't do anything with it. It's static at the moment. But you can alchemize that. You can transform that into money, whether it's a pound or two pounds or ten pounds. We literally everything that's man-made around us, your bookshelf, Claire, you know, it that was once money. It's alchemized into a bookshelf. And I bet you could sell it on Facebook Marketplace and it would alchemize back into money do you see what I mean like yeah but we we go oh it's it's a scratch card it's not it's money that needs to be alchemized <laughs> or it might not need to be alchemized you might want to keep your bookcase yeah. for example Claire but it's I would, so actually easy. if that's all right <laughs> that's fine I can alchemize all the stuff easily exactly exactly and you know I love this about money like we are uh, magic magic is one of my core values and I think magic is lost in science and everydayness, but magic, the money is so magical. It literally, you know, we talk about shape shifting and things like that. It literally does it all the time. It's shifting. 
it can even change from a pile of coins into a piece of paper or plastic now and then it can turn into a phone or it's amazing it's the ultimate alchemy it's the ultimate magic and we we just don't see it we don't see the beauty of it i can really see why you're the money alchemist because it's like <laughs> it's beaming out of you yeah <laughs> from every place <laughs> yeah you're obviously really passionate about it that really comes across which is mm. always great to see when you when you're passionate about something so there are things you clearly do every day so because you've already said about um like mantras or you know things like that that you say and so that you're helping to manifest and whatever is there anything else that you do on a regular basis that helps you with your with your alchemy with your mental well-being that kind of stuff yeah, so I um, actually created something called the Five Money Magic Foundation. And it is five habits that myself and my clients do. We aim to do at least three a day. Um, but ultimately, we forget because life's life. And what we notice is when we don't do them, money starts to slow down. We start to not like ourselves as much. You know, everything starts to slide. Do you want to hear what they are? <gasps> Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Me and Sue are like, wake up, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the first one is look for money. How many times do you go out, walk the dog or go out for a walk and you just, you're just not looking for money. You're not looking, you're just walking. You're going through the process of just walking. When you switch on your eyes to looking for money, you can find it. There's, um, I think The Secret talks about that. I don't know if it is The Secret or another book that I've read. I get confused. But they say, like, go out and go out and see how many yellow cars you can count. But most people go, well, there aren't many yellow cars. But when you go and look for yellow cars, guess what? You see yellow cars. Yeah. It's the same for money. So go out on a treasure hunt. Go looking for money. You you will likely find money, even if it's 2p or a penny. But you will also see so much more abundance. So even if you don't find money, you will get signs of abundance, which is amazing. The next habit is to pay attention to money. So don't just see it, like pick it up and celebrate it. You know, you can be that crazy woman that bends down and picks up one penny in, in the local town centre and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> but money, money likes to be seen, likes to have attention lavished on her. Not too much. She's a bit like one of us. She wants too much attention, but enough, you know, good, a good amount. So what I do with um with my clients I make them have I make them I force them they hate it no they don't they love it uh, they have a money date every two weeks so they have to sit down look at their bank account play around with what's coming in see what they want to do with it just spend time focusing being being um, present with money like on a date playing around with what they're going to save what they're going to pay off that type of thing and ideally they're paying attention to their bank accounts every day as well that can that can trigger a lot of people. I know it did trigger me. For many years, I never looked at my bank account ever. I was that person who would cross their fingers when they put their card in the machine and just hope that it would pay out, you know. Um, now I absolutely enjoy checking my bank accounts. Um, it's very empowering to check your bank accounts, even if it's not good news. It gives you that control. It gives you that understanding, that knowing, and that's, that's invaluable. So that's paying attention. The next one is creating space for money. So every day, or let's say every week, we, we aim to do these every day, but 
you know, they probably get done regularly, but not as regular as every day. Create space for money. And I don't mean empty your bank account. I don't mean create space in that respect. But many, many banks these days allow you to have little pots behind your main account. So I create space for savings, for tax, for fun. Uh, gin is a bit of a, a thing that I like. So I save a little bit for gin and I like all the, you know, the really crafty stuff. Um, so it always looks like I've got nothing in my bank, but that, that does give me, that does give me money, but that's doing it without, without emptying my bank account, if you see what I mean. I'm creating space for more, but this, I haven't got rid of it. And also like the, uh, Marie Kondo wrote a book. I think it was called The Life Changing Magic of, uh, Tidying Up. The universe loves a void. Have you ever cleared a shelf? Like I'm, I'm picking on you, Claire, because I can see your shelf. Cleared a shelf on your, on your, um, cleared a shelf on your bookshelf. How long does it take before it gets filled up again? Uh, yeah, it doesn't take that long at all. <laughs> it doesn't take long, does yeah. it? <laughs> so create voids to fill things up. You know, I go through my underwear drawer. Actually, just as a bit of a side note, but underwear is, a real sign that you're not on your own um, priority list. If you've got holes in your knickers and grey bras, you're not on your priority list. Because let's face it, they're not massively expensive. Um, <laughs> and we go, oh, it's all right. I can't get my whole hand through that hole. <laughs> you're laughing because you know it's true, right? I'm just um, like, yeah. <laughs> no comment. But, but what <laughs> happens if you throw that underwear away? you go out and you buy more you fill it with better underwear and you feel better your vibration is higher you find it easier to have a good day at work or a good day in business and guess what money comes to you when you feel good so you can tidy up your house and I don't recommend blitzing the whole thing just do one drawer mm. a week or a month and just enjoy that feeling of tidying up and having a clear drawer and let the universe fill it with more abundance, whether that's knickers or money or whatever. <laughs> I love that. You, you reminded me of a postcard I think we used to have on the on the wall when I was a student that every day should be a best knickers day. Yes. Um, yeah. It, it's kind of a principle, isn't it? It's sort of, yeah, yeah it, it's about yeah. the kind of attention that you're giving yourself and, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the great thing about tidying up is when you see it, you're just reminded of it and that just adds to that feeling. So I've got two more habits. Have I got time to go through them or did you want to say something too? No, I think maybe just quickly. Yeah, I think. Yeah, very quickly. So the fourth money habit is speak kindly of money. Like how many times have you said bad things about money? And how would you feel if you heard people saying bad things about you? Would you want to go and live with them? Probably not. Yeah. So she's always listening. Money is always listening. So speak kindly of her. And that means catch yourself. You don't have to be perfect. My goodness, I'm not perfect. But when you think, oh, money's the root of all evil or that man's that man's mean because he's got loads of money. Actually, is that true? Because I know a lot of mean people who don't have money. So just catch yourself and have a conversation about what you could say instead. And then lastly, this is, you know, this is so important. Gratitude for money. And that can be really hard. Any type of gratitude can be really hard. And when you're starting out, it might be simple things like I've got. I had the money to have the device that I'm listening to this radio show on. I have running water that's clean and drinkable. And before you know it, it's it's like this ball of energy that just builds up. You, you're, you're 
grateful because you had your best month in business ever or because you got a pay rise or because you managed to pay your debt off and the gratitude grows that that's the beautiful thing and when we show like I said money's like us we just like a little bit of gratitude every now and then don't we like yeah. we like to be we like that and I just do three things before I go to bed I just I think of three things that I'm grateful to money for every night and that sends me off in a beautiful state so that that's the five money magic foundations that myself and my clients do and as I said we notice when we don't do them everything money starts to feel slow and heavy and we stop looking after ourselves so doing them brilliant There's so much the the um, thing I want to take away and consolidate and think about, but I think there's some really, really great habits there that people can take on board. Thank you for that. It's just, yeah, flew as always. I really <laughs> flew. I could hear lots more to do with all the things that you do as well. Um, so, you know, but we'll have to leave it there for now. We ha- always ask for a song choice. So something yeah. that really uplifts you. I'm really interested to hear what this is going to be from you, Eloise. So my song choice is The Reason by Hooverstank. And um, what I love about it is he's singing this song about how um, someone made him change the way he was. And actually that someone was me. So when he says The Reason is you, I sing The Reason is me so I just love it like he talks about not being perfect and you know how it's a bit of a bumpy ride but the reason he is who he is now is because of this person that's because of me you know when I sing it to myself fabulous (laughs) let's listen to that then that was an extract from our radio show let's talk well-being You can listen in every Thursday between 12 and 2 on HCR 92.3 FM or online on hcr923fm.com.